You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast for Thursday, August 19th, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Coming to you today on my California trip from Pismo Beach, California. And our episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Today we are going to continue the positional preview series. We are doing shows on each position on the Jets roster through the course of training camp and the preseason to get you ready for the 2021 regular season. And today we are going to conclude the offensive side of the ball. We are going to discuss the only position that has not yet gotten a positional preview show, and that is the tight end position. Now, sometimes I don't think we take the time to really appreciate how complex and how difficult the tight end position is because if you really think about it in its most basic elements to be a tight end you got to do a lot you're kind of like half offensive lineman half wide receiver because you tend to play a role in the blocking game you know some frequently it's more run blocking than pass blocking but tight ends do tend to stay in at times to help pass block especially when you have really talented edge rusher maybe you don't love the matchup with your tackle your tight end might be asked to stay in and help double team that edge rusher or you know sometimes the tight end just helps out they throw a chip before they release into the route and that makes the route more challenging you have to not only master the tight end positions you know there's an inline position there's the h-back position which means you're in line means you're lined up right next to the tackle on the line of scrimmage h-back means you're typically a little bit back some some tight ends now line up at fullback. You know, in today's NFL, it's difficult to justify giving a roster spot to somebody who only plays fullback. So frequently what happens is somebody with tight end skills plays fullback if that's what you're looking for, if your offense requires a fullback. And tight ends tend to line up at all of the different wide receiver positions, the X position, the Y position. They'll go into the slot. Sometimes the slot will be tight. And that creates all sorts of different angles. It gives them all sorts of different routes routes they need to run. And when you think about this, it kind of makes sense why you very, very seldom see any rookie tight end make an impact. In fact, if, you're, if you have a rookie tight end who looks like a functional player, that's a big win. And it's a sign that maybe that player is on the verge of doing something really good. Of course, not in every case. And we're going to discuss one of those cases on today's show, as I'm sure you can imagine. Now, the tight end position does have a degree of importance in the offense the Jets are running. You've probably heard frequently about how the Jets are implementing a wide zone offensive system. And I think its most basic element, what that means is that this offense is going to be based on one specific type of run play, and it's called the wide zone. It utilizes zone blocking. And at its most basic element, I guess what that means is that your blockers are blocking whoever comes into an area on the field. They're responsible for a given zone versus a man blocking scheme where the specific player that they are supposed to block is already determined before the snap. And the reason it's the wide zone is there's a couple different zone plays. There's the inside zone, which means that the ball is typically going to be run inside. And 
please forgive me, I'm probably oversimplifying this, but the wide zone means that the guy is running to the edge of the field. Essentially, they're trying to stretch the defense out. They're forced, trying to force the defense to cover the entire field horizontally because space is the friend of any offense in the NFL. In the passing game, you want to force the defense to cover as much field as possible. You want to, force, you want to stretch the defense vertically, and you want to stretch the defense horizontally. You want to force the defense to cover downfield. You want to force the defense to cover the short passes, the long passes, the intermediate passes. And you want to force them to cover from sideline to sideline. Well, in the run game, you can't really for- stretch the defense vertically. I mean, you'd like to. I mean, that means stretching the defense vertically means that you broke off a pretty big run. But your goal, I think, on offense is, get, again, to try and force the defense to cover as much of the field as possible. You want them to ha- feel like they have to cover sideline to sideline because that creates space, and space is the friend of an offense. A ball carrier uses space to create yardage space is an area where he cannot be tackled so what does all this have to do with the tight end well because this play that the jets are putting in is kind of like the staple of their offense is the wide zone because it it requires the back to run the ball outside or at least in the direction of an outside run at the beginning the guy who throws the key block on the play very well might be the tight end because you're trying to get to the edge and I think you know, really plan A for this is to get the ball outside. Now, the play has some other elements, and it has a plan B. If the edge guy does not perform his block well, the back can take a look at some other lanes and cut back. You know, you'll, hear, you'll hear a lot about one-cut runners because the back will have, you know, the back, if he sees the edge is not sealed, will cut back and find the best lane possible. But you want a tight end who's capable of blocking, and then, of course, since this is a quote-unquote Kyle Shanahan-type offense, tight end, if he can help in the receiving game, is also very beneficial to, to this offense. You know, When you look out at San Francisco, where Kyle Shanahan's the head coach, where Mike LaFleur and Robert Sala came from, they've got a great tight end in George Kittle, who has really taken that offense to the next level. Now, my personal views on the tight end position have kind of evolved through the years. I've always seen the great tight ends, you know, the Kittles, the Gronks, the Zach Ertz back in the day, Travis Kelsey, and I've always wanted one of those guys on the Jets, and I still do. But I've come to feel like those guys are exceptional cases, and they're very difficult to find. So I don't know how realistic it is for to hope that the Jets have one of those guys. And the difference between all the other tight ends is not that great, that ultimately, if you have a tight end who's functional, that's probably going to be good enough. As much as I would love one of those guys, in the past, like I've been really kind of fixated on figuring out how to get one of those guys to the Jets. And, you know, still with good reason, those guys are great. Those guys change an offense, but there just are not many tight ends to change an offense relative to, say, like a number one receiver. So my focus now is just hoping the Jets can find some utility out of their tight ends. And it's not clear that they can. There are guys on this roster who could potentially fill the role, but there are no guarantees. There's nobody really with a great, great track record on this offense. And we're going to talk about some of those players ahead here on the Locked on Jets podcast on this Thursday. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock up all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? 
You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Thursday, previewing the tight end position for the New York Jets in 2021. And I'm going to begin by talking about the player I think is most likely to be the primary tight end for this team this season. And that is a guy they acquired in free agency during the offseason. It is Tyler Croft, a former member of the Cincinnati Bengals and a former member of the Buffalo Bills. Actually does have some local ties. He played collegiately at Rutgers. And I think as much as anything in this offense, what you want is somebody who can block and then at least give you some degree of usefulness as a receiver. And I think that's really what Croft does. He has a qual- you know, he's a proven quality blocker in this league. So he's the kind of guy who I think will be able to hold up on those stretch runs, but he's not a total zero as a receiver. And that's one of the issues you you find in this league is that many of the tight ends who are great blockers are essentially like putting a third tackle on the field. And the defense doesn't really have to worry about them as receivers and sometimes it's a giveaway that the plays are run now if you can run the ball effectively enough it's not that big of a deal and i think the jets want to build an offense where they can run effectively enough that the other team knows what's coming and doesn't care but you you want somebody who can at least challenge the defense at least somebody who can keep the defense honest and I think Croft can do that. I mean, he's not, you know, he doesn't fill up a stat sheet with receptions, but he did have a 40 catch season a few years back with Cincinnati. He gave you about a catch a game. It's uh, so I think he's right on kind of on the the threshold of that. Um, You know, his numbers are not spectacular. I mean, typically you're going to get about 10 catches a season. So maybe a little less than the catch a game, but somebody who can at least force the defense to cover him and, you know, I think Croft can do this. He's not going to be, ever be an exciting player, but he's somebody who might be more reliable than you think. Now, the next guy I'm going to talk about has probably is the most upside on the roster at the tight end position, but has caused Jets fans no small degree of pain, and that's Chris Herndon. And I alluded to Herndon a little bit earlier in the podcast when I talked about young tight ends who step in as rookies and look like credible players and how they raise your hopes because you see them play competently at a very difficult position upon entering the NFL and you assume that they're going to keep getting better and better and maybe they can be an impact player at the very least you would expect them to be competent starters going forward that has not happened with Herndon Herndon after a decent rookie season and look I don't want to overstate how good Herndon was as a rookie but it's tough to do what Chris Herndon did in 2018, where he looked like a credible starting player, seemed to be getting better every week, and then his career just kind of fell off. 2019 was a lost season, barely played, injuries, suspension. 2020 is supposed to be a big bounce-back season. Adam Gase talks up 
how Herndon's going to be a big part of the offense, calls him the unicorn. And Herndon goes out there and looks like a sub-replacement level player. I mean, there are players you could have gotten for free who were unsigned last year who could have played as well as Herndon did. He didn't look like he's ever played football before. In fact, he was so bad, that's actually one of the things that gives me a little bit of hope is that there's no way Herndon could be that bad. So maybe something else was going on, you know, He's still my hope for a post-case resurgence, but this guy's just made me look so bad. He's he's broken my heart so many times over the last two years that I just can't count on him for anything. You know, I'll, I'll hope for the best, but I you know I don't know what to expect. Again, he's the guy with the most upside on the roster. He is the guy who can stretch the defense. He's got the athleticism to be potentially a big play target as a tight end and. You know, ultimately, with the receiving core the Jets have, Herndon doesn't need to do that much. You know, the last couple of years, we've entered the season, and it's been like, okay, Herndon needs to take a big step forward for this offense because there's no quality at receiver. They need somebody who can be the guy they run the offense through. That's not the case this year. This year, the Jets really just need somebody competent, somebody who can keep the defense honest. So, you know, maybe that's Herndon. You hope that's Herndon, but... It's very difficult to have high hopes for Chris Herndon at this point. I mean, at this point, you can say he's got potential, but unrealized potential is practically a cliche in the NFL. You know, just saying somebody has potential. I mean, Sam Darnold had potential. Lots of guys have potential. Just having potential isn't enough. You have to make good on that potential. And so far, Herndon, the last couple of years at least, has not really done anything close to that. Now, the next guy I'm going to discuss is somebody I've been very critical of the last couple of seasons, and that's Ryan Griffin. Griffin joined the Jets prior to the 2019 season, and if you looked at the statistics, his numbers actually were pretty good. 34 catches, 220, 320 yards, five touchdowns in that 2019 season. Jets gave him a three-year contract extension during the season, and this was a good example of why counting stats don't always tell the whole story because people kind of focused on the five touchdowns. But if you watch those five touchdowns, those frequently came because defenses busted coverage. It was These were not sustainable. You know, when you look at touchdowns, they need to come. If they're going to be sustainable, it's because you've beaten the guy in coverage. You've gotten yourself open. Griffin wasn't doing those things. And what do you know? The next year, 2020, comes along. Griffin's numbers fall off. He has zero touchdowns and only nine catches, 86 yards. The thing with Griffin is that he actually would fit the model that I laid out earlier when I was talking about a quality tight end, somebody who can keep the defense honest, because he has shown he can be somewhat useful, at least as a check-down target, as a short outlet. The issue with him is he can't block. He's just a he's just not a good enough blocker. And if you can't block in this league, then you kind of have to make up for it by being a big-time impact receiver, just being somebody who's useful on check down, somebody who's a short outlet target, that's not going to be good enough if you can't block. So yeah, you have to bring something else to the table. And I don't think Griffin does. I don't see him playing a big role on this offense this this season. I really don't because I just don't think he has the skill set to really help. And blocking is a major issue with him. And he doesn't provide, he provides some things in the passing game, but not enough to make up for the lack of blocking. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. 
Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, one word with no space. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Thursday, talking about the tight end position for the New York Jets in the year 2021. Next guy I'm going to talk about is entering his third NFL season. That's Trevon Wesco. The Jets picked him in the 2019 draft in the fourth round. And I remember really disliking this pick because Wesco was kind of like a project blocking tight ends. You know, there was all this talk about how he could be a great blocker, but at the time the Jets drafted him, and this is something I don't think we discussed enough, he really was not that good of a blocker. He was kind of a project player, so he's you know he's got to learn how to block. So we have a new coaching staff here. He's got a shot to find a role, especially in this offense, which could conceivably utilize a fullback. Wesco has kind of taken the fullback role for the Jets the last couple of seasons. And the question is, how good of a blocker can he be? Because there, there, you know, there is a like I've mentioned, there is a potential role for him if he develops as a blocker. You know, when the Jets drafted him, he wasn't that great of a blocker, but you know, there are multiple spots he could play. Again, he's got experience playing fullback. If he can develop as a excellent as a good blocker on the end of the line of scrimmage, you know, he's a guy. If he's a guy who can move around a bit, and if he can develop a little bit as a pass catcher, you know, at West Virginia near the end of his career, he wasn't really that much of a pass catcher but he did flash some receiving ability at least as a short in the short game so you know that the thing I mentioned with for Griffin is that Griffin has a degree of utility in the short game but he can't block maybe Wesco can be that guy you know there's a new opportunity for everybody out there with a new coaching staff there's you know you you presume this coaching staff is going to be better at, at developing talent than the old one so a fresh start for Wesco I think you know anything could happen with him I wouldn't be so shocked if he ended up playing a fairly major role in this offense I wouldn't be shocked if he failed to make the team there, there's really nothing that would shock me with Trevon Wesco now the next guy I'm going to talk about is Daniel Brown and he was brought in a couple of years back as well he had ties to Adam Gase and Dow- Dowell Loggins and you know, even on a team with a lack of clarity at the tight end position, Brown seems to be pretty low on the depth chart, and you would presume that that means he's going to have a difficult time making this roster. But there is one caveat to this. There's a, there's one wild card that Brown brings to the table, and this is something a lot of people probably did not know. In fact, if you did know this, I give you a lot of credit because I did not know this until I looked it up just prior to recording this show. And I was just, I just wanted to make, to make sure I was getting everything correct and something popped up that really surprised me. Daniel Brown led all Jets players last year in special teams snaps, which means that the coaching staff really liked him as a special teamer. They felt like he could bring something to the table. Now, normally this would be totally irrelevant because there's a new coaching staff here, but one of the holdovers is Brant Boyer, the special teams coach, the guy who gave Brown all those special teams snaps. So makes you wonder... Boyer clearly likes Brown, otherwise he wouldn't put him on the field so much last year. So maybe Boyer is a voice in the locker room to give Brown a roster spot. We'll we'll see, we'll see. But as I as I've said frequently, you know those those last couple spots on the roster, they don't go to guys who are going to help teams at their natural position. They tend to go to guys who contribute on special teams. You know, nobody nobody you know the fifty second fifty third man on your roster, they're not really going to play. If, 
offense or defense for you. But if they can give you value on special teams, perhaps that's enough to make the team. So that'll be that'll be worth watching with Brown. You know, I, th- I was counting, I was kind of counting Brown out, but maybe not. Maybe he finds a role on special teams. And then the last tight end on the roster is non-drafted rookie Kenny Yoboa. Out of he played college football at Mississippi, and some people like his his ability as a receiver. But I think even in a situation like this. It's going to be tough for him to make the roster, especially after a bad first preseason game where, you know, first of all, it's never a good sign when you're playing deep into the second half of a preseason game, especially an early one. But beyond that, he fumbled the ball away. So my guess is this is a guy who's looking at a practice squad spot, probably more likely than him being on the active roster. And honestly, for him, practice squad would be good enough. I, I don't think that. I think making the active roster would be a bonus. I don't think it's a failure if he's on the practice squad, though. I think this year is all about development for him. Anyway, that's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy the show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. Have a great Thursday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to close out the week.